Welcome on into the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam, that is Zach. Episode 10 of season 3, happy birthday to the man himself, Coach Red Autry edition. Is he 13? Is he 40-something? We don't know, but happy birthday to our fearless leader. It is very strange having a birthday on a leap day because you can basically choose whatever birthday you want and you kind of get two birthdays in a way. If you have, if it's on a leap year and obviously you're born on the leap day, do you acknowledge that your birthday's actually on the 29th when it falls on the 29th or do you just celebrate it like you usually do of the, you know, three years on the 28th or whatever? What would you do? Wow, this is a this is this is the conversation everyone wants to talk about right now, isn't it? Well, that's what we're going to talk about, right? This is the entire episode right here. It's just talking about birthdays. We'll talk about some plants right here. I got a Le- money tree right next to birthdays. me. Dude, we're we're killing it right now. What else do we need to talk about? Oh, there's also some basketball. Apparently, Zach, we're doing pretty damn well this year. Yeah, we are. The bull boys are rolling. We're on a three game. Win streak, which is tied for the the most in the league, with I believe Clemson and Duke. I want to say, or no, UNC. So we're. Hey, I don't. I don't care who it's with. The fact that we are sitting at, we're technically eighteen and ten, but we'd like to say nineteen and ten because the Shamanad game doesn't actually count as a win because they're not a D one team, but we're sitting at. 18 and 10, we could potentially hit 20 and 10, winning out against Clemson, against Louisville. We'll get into those games in a little bit. But when you look at this team right now as we sit, this is just almost best case scenario from where we were no more than like two weeks ago when we were kind of getting a little bit low on this team. People were starting to kind of doubt our chances. We had a couple rough losses, but. We're right in the ship right now, and I think with these past three wins, you're really starting to see this team gel together in a way that has been kind of flirted with throughout the year, but right now, this is probably some of the best basketball that they've been playing so far. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they're really turning the ship around here. I mean, they have been playing really good basketball after that Wake Forest game. There's been, I mean, I guess that Georgia Tech loss was in that span, but other than that, they've been playing really good basketball. And they're pretty much winning, you know, the games they have to. They're really close with that Clemson, that first Clemson game. Hopefully, we can get them, you know, on Tuesday when we when we go to their when we go to their house. But we're playing well, and it's uh it's fun. We're in the conversation for 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 the tournament. That 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 conversation is getting warmer and warmer every game we win. And you know, this is kind of like the most beautiful time of the year. Obviously, it sucks to kind of, but it's kind of exciting to be on the bubble. Obviously, you rather not be on the bubble, but to be like in bubble conversation is low key exciting, and I'm I'm here for it. We never really make it easy, you know. We like to kind of be like, ah, oh, are we gonna get into the tournament? Are we not gonna get into the tournament? We never really like to be just a lock, and especially with the ACC tournament coming up, we got to win a couple games here to really solidify ourselves in the conversation, but. Right now, coming off a really solid win on Tuesday against Virginia Tech, I think the guy that we have to highlight first and foremost is, you know, the guy that this might be his last game in the Dome. There's been a couple of rumors as to, you know, the status of where he's going to be going uh, next year. That's Judah Mintz. 
Red called him a guy, and I think that's the best kind of way to put it. 40 minutes, 29 points, 6 assists against the Hokies. Probably the best basketball that we've seen from Judah, at least this year. I know in the LSU game he had more points, but um, overall, the kid, the stuff that he does is so amazing, and I feel like we don't really talk about it enough, but what we've been able to see from Judah and see him blossom into the player that he is right now is really, really special. And listen, you may feel like he needs one more year. You may feel like he's ready for the NBA draft. But regardless, we're just so lucky to have him right now where we are. No, he's playing really great ball right now. And it's uh, it's good to see from him. Obviously, you know, there's been ups and downs throughout this year within him and within the team. So this is the time of the year we need him to be playing at his best. And that's what we're seeing from him. I agree this could be his best game. He's had some great games this year, but I think the big thing that stands out with this game is he's super, super efficient, super clean, and just throughout every asset of his game is just like super solid, super clean. There wasn't really any negatives. Obviously, it wasn't like perfect. There never is, but it's about as perfect as you could ask for. Yeah, he... um, I felt like this game really kind of showed his talents more than any games that we've seen recently and I'm not saying that he's been playing bad at all but really this game he took over showed that he is the guy and if this is his last dome performance um you know this is definitely a great way to go out I I think that we do kind of need to ask because there are talks about it just in your eyes do you feel like one more year would benefit him or do you think that he's ready to go league right now I mean, first and foremost, just gonna, the little caveat is whatever Judah does, whatever he thinks is best is what we're going to stand behind. But in mm-hmm. terms of like pros and cons, I think there is quite a list of reasons why it would be a great opportunity to come back. I mean, we were having like an offline conversation about this, but I just really think he he could, he is, I mean, he's he's right now second in the league in scoring. You know, he, he, is, he already has quite the accolades. You know, he has a thousand points in his career. You know, in his second year, which is like a list of eight guys at Syracuse are also have done that in two years. So he's all he's he's already making you know his mark known. But I really feel like he could truly, truly make his mark in college basketball with one more year under his belt. I'm talking ACC Player of the Year. I'm talking you know deep run or like relevant throughout the entire year, ranked throughout the entire year. I'm talking. All the accolades you could ever really want in college really feel like your college career is solidified as you were a dog. You were there for, you know, two, three years and really solidify yourself as like one of the top Syracuse players who have come through this program. If he progresses next year, the way that he's been progressing this year, you know, this year, if he goes to the draft, if we don't make the tournament because obviously a lot of uh, players draft stock has to do with how the team performs that they play on. And there's a lot of factors that could go into where he could fall. But right now I've been seeing a lot of predictions that he could be in the second round. I think if he sticks around for one more year, we're talking first round potential, like top 10 pick and if he's able to develop at the same rate that he's been developing this year, there's just so many facets to his game that are so incredible to watch. And I think that there is a, a certain level of um, 
confidence with a player that's able to stick around with a program for three or four years. A lot of ACC, you know, like Virginia is a perfect example of stick around for four years, kind of build a little bit of a dynasty, win a championship, maybe get blown out by a number 16 seed at some point. But, you know, they're very good at developing the talent and being able to um, have the longevity of players' careers there. And I feel like with Judah, he could really benefit from that. But listen, we're going to support him either way. Q had reposted our graphic with a caption, this is the last dance. Um, You know, if this is it, I, I am very fortunate to have seen Judah. This is certainly not the last we're going to be seeing him in an orange uniform. There's plenty of season to go, but uh, still really, really nice to see him put on a really special performance for everybody in the Dome. Yeah, the Q's repost actually caused a little bit of a, of a stir. It was talked about on Q's Sports Talk, and I saw here and there online on Twitter and stuff, people were like chatting about it and like, oh, like does this mean Q's leaving too? Does this, like, what does this mean? I, I mean, I'm not going to get into it too much, but he did repost it and it caused a little bit of a stir. But I mean, I think mainly it's just last game, home finale, last game in the Dome. And in a lot of ways, I mean, in a lot of ways, I want Judah to think this is his last year. That means he's going to leave it all out, uh, leave it all out on the court, leave it all out on all of the, the rest of the games he, he plays this year. And, you know, this offseason, if he decides, you know what, I'm coming back, then great. But I kind of like the mentality of like, I'm going 100%. This is my last ride. This is my last dance. And I'm going full flames into this. I kind of like that mentality. So if if, he, if he's thinking that, then then I'm, I'm going to let him ride with that. And of course, like I said, he, he can always change his mind. I have a real quick question. Uh, there's a lot of, obviously, drama that sort of leads up to, is the player going to be staying? Or are they not going to be staying? We saw Kate and Clark uh, no more than like, three hours ago come out and say that she was going to be you know this is her last year at Iowa she's going to go to the WNBA draft after this do you feel like it's it's almost better for a player to kind of get that out there while the season is kind of wrapping up and everything and being like hey listen this is it like I'm I'm done after this um or do you kind of like the drama of being like I don't know are they gonna stay are they gonna go to the draft what are your preferences on that I mean, generally, I would say just wait till the end of the year, figure it out after, yeah. unless like you you know for sure. I mean, like obviously, Kane Clark, you know, it's her fourth year. She's she's done everything she could do other than win win it all, which maybe yeah. maybe this is her year. But you know, she's she's done it all, so it really makes sense. Like I don't think anyone was like surprised. Obviously, she could come back, but I was like, yeah, okay, we kind of figured it out. But yeah, I mean, uh, unless unless uh, no, I, I I think I think it generally. At the end of the year, though. So we got to control what we can control right now. 14 and two at the dome to finish the year. Fantastic. Kind of paves the way to the road to the big dance. Joe Lenardi says, quote, we have a ways to go. But Zach, do we even care about what Joe, Joe Lenardi says? Like, who cares about what he says? No, we do not care. I mean, he he is a notoriously been wrong about Cuse. This is something everyone knows. I mean, Jim Jim's gone at him this year on Jim Bayham Day. He he reminded the entire Cuse faithful that he doesn't know what he's talking about, and you know we're very much on the bubble, and you know there's going to be six teams from the ACC into the tournament. So obviously, like he is like ESPN's 
kingpin and, and lead guy in bracketology and like he's you know he was on the broadcast on that Virginia Tech game and you know he's kind of like what everyone looks for but I do think everywhere else we're looking honestly pretty good I mean you know we're, we're still not there we still got some games to win well we're, we're on a pathway uh to to that big dance yeah so like let's look at our our road what do we have to do in order to get to the tourney because obviously that's what you want to do you don't want to be playing in the nit you don't want to be playing in the cit you want to be playing in march madness so how do we get there if we win out which we got games coming up against louisville obviously louisville has been struggling this year they're last in the acc and then we got a game on the road against clemson that would be a quad one win clemson is i believe almost top 20 in in the league they're doing pretty well this year and it would be nice to kind of go out against JG3. Maybe he throws us a little bit of a bone and being like, you know, this is the last thing I'm going to do for Syracuse. Here you go. Here's your loss. I would feel the love from JG3 if that ever happened to us. You know, maybe he like lose, you know, misses the final shot of the game. I don't know. Just saying, just putting that out there. But we would definitely be feeling good if we went out. I think if we added another ACC tournament win or two, there's, I'm not going to say there's no question about it, but there's pretty good conversation that Cuse's resume looking pretty good. If if we went out, get one or two wins in the ACC tournament, there's a lot of factors that can go on with our seeding right now. We'd be a six seed. Right now, we would then play uh, the winner of the 11 versus 14 game, and then we play the number three seed after that, which would be Virginia as it stands. But there's a lot more that has to fall into place for that to happen. Um, if you look at our wins this year, Zach, the UNC win, huge, just a, a massive resume booster. But the sneaky win is against Pitt. That also qualifies as a quad one win. Yeah, I mean, every you look at the the metrics and the net, we're, we're looking decent. I mean, right now we're 81 on the net, which is, you know, we wish we could be a little bit better. Um, and especially when you look at the net, NC State and Pitt are both teams we've swept. And this is something a lot of people have been pointing out too, is they're both ahead of us in the net, which really turns some head and doesn't really make much sense. But I know the rhetoric too is that it, it doesn't really matter a year net ranking. It matters your Q1 to Q4 wins and losses. That's what really matters. What the, that's what the committee really, really harvests down on. Obviously, you would like to be well represented in the net, but we're looking decent. I mean, anyone on the net, I think we'll, we'll, we'll keep going up and... Yeah, I mean, we're like we said already, we're in a really good position here to uh, go on a run and, you know, and and end this year putting that orange jersey on our back and being being some road warriors. If we are able to get a fifth seed in the ACC tournament or higher, it would be the best finish that we would have in the regular season since 2014 when we first joined the ACC. So. I think that there is a lot riding on this. And if you look at our record, 18 and 10 overall, 10 and 8 in the ACC, it's so strange to see the evolution of our conference over the past five years. If you told me that we were 10 and 8 in our conference five years ago, I would have said, yeah, we're probably going to be going dancing. We're sixth in the ACC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like eight teams that are going to go in the tournament. But this year, there's we're like struggling to get five. I feel like the conference is just still a little bit slept on. And I'm not sure if that's because 
UNC's lost some pretty big games. Duke lost some pretty big games, but I feel like from top down, like we're we're showing that the conference has some pretty good competition all all around. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if we look a little bit more into this, the, these ACC scenarios, obviously right now we've already gone over this, but we're sitting at that nice six seed, and that seems like a pretty likely spot to end the year on, depending how things go out. I mean, obviously it depends on how guys ahead of us do, like, you know, Clemson and, and Wake Forest in particular, but it, it's definitely interesting to see kind of where we could end up. I mean, definitely six, five, and we could we could kind of, if, if things went our way, we could find ourselves at the four, which would be insane. But, I mean, anywhere from five, five, five or six, I think would be great. Seven, I think is about the lowest we, we could go. I think the best thing about playing as a six seed, we play in the evening. I am so we're we're so tired of having like these noon games or having to play on like you know oh when are we playing oh two thirty yeah I gotta watch when I'm at work no I want to be able to like watch in the comfort of my sofa and not have to worry about work I want to be watching at like seven o'clock nine thirty that's generally when the good teams are playing it's so nice to be able to like fall into that category but strangely. If we go down to, or if we go up to a five seed, we play at two thirty. So, like, I don't know, is the six seed kind of like the sweet spot for you, Zach? Well, I mean, it depends on where everyone ends up landing. Obviously, right now we're kind of seeing who is there today, but we don't really know where that thing is going to end. So it really depends. I mean, like right now, at a six seed, you know, you either play BC or G. Georgia Tech and then after that you play Virginia it's like do we do we like that matchup or would we rather you know be a five seed and then that third round matchup play Clemson or you know there's a lot of options here and we don't really know exactly where everything's going to play out based on who wins and who loses throughout the rest of the season here but yeah I really um I don't know I'll be curious to see where things shake out here I do think a matchup against Virginia in the ACC tournament is a little worrisome. I feel like they always get us, but I do think we can beat them and, and we're playing well. I don't know. I'm having a hard time like picking like who I want in that, in that third round, I guess, since we're definitely gonna get a first round by, but I'm having trouble circling who, who I think is our best matchup for that third round. Yeah. I was going to ask you like of the four teams, who would you want to play? You got UNC Duke, Virginia and Clemson I think well kind of depending on how we do against Clemson it would be nice I think to play them the most but I I want to stay far away from Virginia I agree with you I don't want to I don't want to play Virginia they always have our number uh Duke maybe UNC we did beat them but like they're still the number one seed they're still UNC they're still great I think Clemson would probably be my choice, but that's, I mean, that's slim pickings right there. Yeah, I don't love the quick turnaround that would be. Obviously, we're playing them our last game of the season, their senior night, and then, you know, that would be like two weeks, like a week and a half later, we'd be playing them again. Don't love that. It's hard to play a team that quickly, you know, especially like if we do beat them, like to beat them again in that short span would be would be really tough. I mean, if, if Wake Forest finds themselves in, onto – you know, higher up in the rankings and we end up seeing them for, for some reason, that is a team, 
especially because of what they did to us this year. And let's not forget what they did to us last year in the tournament when they knocked us out on that buzzer beater. I feel like we, we could put a game together to for some redemption. We have They've gotten us twice really, really bad. And I think uh, that could be an interesting matchup if if they're able to find their way up into you know that the top four. Yeah, interestingly enough, Clemson and Wake Forest actually play in the last game of both of their seasons, so that could be a potential for seeding. Both teams are really going to want that because then you have a double bye, which would be so nice to just go to DC and not have to worry about games for for two days, but. I think Wake Forest would probably be the one that I would circle out of the top five. Wake Forest and Clemson, I think Wake Forest would be just, it'd be absolutely poetic if we were able to play them. And, you know, I don't want to like really beat a dead horse here, but I think if we are able to, you know, knock up, you know, notch that first win, if we're able to win out, obviously in the regular season, and then two wins in the ACC tournament, that would be beautiful winning out would be tremendous and winning the the tourney would be magical, but it would be, you know, again, not necessarily a lock, but I feel like about as close to a lock as you could get. But looking at the team overall, the redemption arc has just been tremendous. I think the person that kind of epitomizes that too is Justin Taylor. He hasn't necessarily really been outstanding these past couple of games, but when you're struggling that much like he was and he was kind of like following the trend of what the team was doing he was kind of struggling when we were really low when we were at our low points and right now he's kind of gaining a little bit more more momentum I feel like it just speaks volume to what coach red has been able to do just leaving him in there letting him figure it out don't listen to the noise because there's been a lot of it and admittedly so I mean we were kind of talking about it a little bit Should JT be out of the starting lineup? Should he not be out of the starting lineup? But these past like three games really have been very, very solid for him. And it's so nice to be able to see him actually like piece together a couple of really solid contests. Yeah, I think it says a lot about JT first and foremost, because he was resilient through this whole process. You know, there was that one game where the student section booed him in in player intros. And, you know, obviously... Everyone knew he was struggling. He knew he was struggling. And it, it's tough when, when, when you go through the struggles. And, and he obviously, you know, he, he had to push through that. And he, he was able to do that. And there was never a time you looked at him on the sideline or on the court or any point in the game where his, his body language was very poor or, or negative. You know, he, he kept his composure you know, he, he didn't give up on the team. He didn't pout. He didn't just give up. He kept pushing. He kept pushing. And now he's in a place where the team's able to find him on those cuts. He's able to get those those nice, nice kind of easy baskets in scoring position. And he's he's able to still contribute. You know, he, he has some good defense. And he, he's pushed through it. And again, this says, this is testament to, to Red too, to, to, to kind of let his guy play be a player's coach, let things ride out and defend him. Be like, no, like I think he awarded him because of his attitude and his, 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 his demeanor, not ever going negative, especially on a team where we, we have a lot of guys who struggle with that. We've struggled a lot with that throughout this year between everything that's happened. 
having a guy who's at least steady, you don't have to be smiling ear to ear, but to at least be composed and have, and have some poise. It it goes a long way and, and it's going a long way for JT. It's kind of interesting. The attitude question has been raised a couple of times this year. JT is always like just kind of straight face doing his job out there. He's almost like Malik in a way, you know, he kind of just goes out there. He kind of does his job and, uh, you know, no real emotion, just kind of go out there and just try to make some shots. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really a solid testament to his demeanor, being able to kind of shoo off the negative energy. I think of JG three, when he was kind of going through his struggles, he would just kind of not really listen to it. Bayheim would just, you know, let him figure it out there on the court. And I feel like for a struggling player to, um, as talented as they are, that's kind of the best scenario for them. Just let them figure it out. And if you put them immediately in the doghouse, then they start to get in their own head and then nobody wins in that scenario. Like Chris Bell, he had his struggles last year and this year he's been able to just kind of sort it out, let him figure it out on the court. And he's been arguably one of our best players this year. He's been one of the most impactful people. And honestly, in some games, he's been the guy that has made us win a couple of games. So um, I feel like for JT, again, he hasn't necessarily had anything that's really going to pop out at you. He did have six rebounds against Virginia Tech, but um, as far as getting the ball in the hoop, that's kind of the best case scenario for him. And I'm glad that he's able to kind of get it going. I feel like we talk a lot about who's due for a big game. Justin Taylor, man, has been due for a huge game for a long time now. And it could come, Zach, in these next two games that we got coming up against uh, Louisville and Clemson. It could very well come. I mean, looking up at these next two matchups, I mean, who who who's uh, who 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 draws your attention? Who do you think is uh, going to be the guy that leads the way for us? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I think, I think the guy that I have been just so fascinated with over the past three games, and the guy that has just been turning my head so much, time and time and time again, whether it's good or bad is Judah Mintz. The the leadership that he has out there, he has really started to evolve into a, a guy that, I mean, Red put it best. He's a guy. And I can't, like, as silly as that quote sounds out of context, when you think about the way that Judah's been playing this year, it just makes sense. His leadership, his mentality when he's on the court, some of the drives he has, have me like thinking like what the hell are you doing and then he makes it and I'm like what the hell is this kid doing this is crazy so I feel like Judah is the guy that is going to lead us to a solid standing in the ACC tournament I think Louisville listen Louisville's had their struggles this year I think that they could potentially be a bit of a trap game it's they're still you know a solid team they're still fighting out there and um even though they just got smoked to duke they've lost four in a row regardless of that we only beat them by two back in february or back in early this month it is february right now but on the seventh we only beat them by two and every single time we play them zach like we struggle against them we only win by like one two three points it's so frustrating sometimes 
Yeah, for some reason, even last year, we, we always play Louisville pretty close, even though they've kind of been struggling lately. But for some reason, we always play them pretty close. And I do agree that this could be a little bit of a trap game. You know, eyes are focused on Clemson and the ACC tournament. And you're like, okay, this is just an easy, easy W. But hopefully the boys come in ready and prepared. And, and you know, we get to go to the KFC Yum Center and... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully compete and uh, bring bring home the W. That game is on Saturday, and then the big one against Clemson on Tuesday. They're on a three-game winning streak. Uh, we last played them on the 10th. JG3 had a solid 18 points against us. We lost 68-77. to And then the ACC tournament starts on March 12th. Like you said, Zach, this is a beautiful time of year. It kind of brings butterflies to your stomach, man. Like I, I'm excited, but I'm also really dreading these next couple of games because this is make or break time. This is a team that we didn't trust them a couple of weeks ago. And I think the question has to be raised again. Do you finally trust this team after everything, the roller coaster that we've been through this season? I mean, they're they're definitely building their 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 accountability and their their liability. You know, they're they're building that on three game winning streak. It seems like they've kind of answered some questions we had and showed some consistency. There is a little bit of a worry about this first half greatness to second half. Oh, like what's going on? We kind of let off the gas a little bit. I think you know that last Virginia Tech game was our best. You know, two half. Obviously, we did have a little bit of dip, but that's expected. But I mean, yeah, I think uh, there are, the pathway is set. It's there. It, it's relatively within our own our own doing of how things will go. Obviously, there's other bubble teams that can impact ultimate decisions. But for the most part, if we keep winning, good things are going to happen, and, and the pathway is set. That's a very good way of putting it. And uh, listen, man, this team when we talked about them from the very beginning. We talked about how special they were and something just felt a little different with this team. I still feel that way. I felt this way even when we were in our very, very low point. It's just something felt different about this group. Now, I could be very wrong. We could be in the NIT and just kind of, you know, cruising or, you know, we lose out the rest of the year. I don't know. But I will say uh, it's been a hell of a ride with this team. And, They've been an exciting team to root for. They've been a fantastic group of personalities. And when you look back on this regular season, we're not going to do the regular season recap just yet. But when you look at it so far, it's been a lot of maturing for this team. Think back to Maui. Think back to getting blown out by Tennessee and Gonzaga and thinking, oh man, we are not ready for this. This team compared to when they were when they were in Maui, completely different, night and day. And that's really all you can ask for. And listen, for a first year under Coach Red, man, this is a this is a hell of a way to start things. So it's all gonna go down again on Saturday, Zach. It's gonna be fun. Uh hopefully we're talking about March Madness soon because in the history of the two three podcast, Zach, we haven't had a team go to March Madness. It'd be fun to actually like, you know, preview some big time NCAA tournament games. 
yeah, th- things are just getting started around here. You know, we're on we're on the upward swing, and I'm excited. So uh, let's let's go beat Louisville. Yeah, let's go beat Louisville and let's go beat Clemson after that. So next time you hear from us is going to be the regular season finale. Until then, we will talk to you soon. Let's go, Cuse.